Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello! Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Thursday. It's been a weird podcast schedule this week. Apologize for that. We did have a composite two-star recruiting podcast come out earlier in the week uh, on Wednesday. Earlier today on Thursday, I did an interview, one-on-one interview with former USC safety Darnell Bing. And uh, yeah, it was a great interview. We talked for about 50 minutes, so I put that up as a podcast by itself. And then later on Thursday, I also got to talk uh, one-on-one with USC Athletic Director Mike Bone. Uh, Yeah, so exclusive, got to talk to him. And the day that we learned that USC Chief of Staff Brandon Sosna was leaving the program for a front office job with the Detroit Lions. So he's being reunited with his former mentor, uh, Brandon Sosna is, and so we wanted to talk to Mike Bone about that. So it just happened. We had scheduled the Mike Bone interview for about a week or so. Um, and the day that we were supposed to interview him is the day that we found out that Brandon Sosna was leaving uh, for the NFL. Uh, my understanding is going to be around uh, for a few more weeks and uh, then move on. So it was kind of making that transition uh, to the NFL. So uh, what I end up doing is doing a one-on-one uh, video interview that you'll be able to catch on uscfootball.com and on our YouTube channel at Inside Troy slash Inside Troy YouTube slash Inside Troy uh, with Mike Bone, and we'll put the story, the full story, up on uscfootball.com. A number of topics. Talk to Mike about twenty minutes, but if you want to listen to what Mike Bone had to say uh, after I record this podcast or the the first section of this podcast, I will play the full interview with Mike Bone, so you can listen to. Uh, what he had to say in that. So um, I, we were going to do a mailbag uh, episode with Chris Trevino and I. Chris is traveling to um, Las Vegas uh, for a football event there. So we weren't going to be able to record together this week. So I'm just going to do kind of a mini solo show talking about some of the news and notes around the USC football program and then get into my interview with Mike Bone uh, after that. Let anyone know if you have questions or comments for the show, podcast at uscfootball.com is our email address, or you can call or text us at 424-254-9141. And if you have the Apple Podcasting app, uh, please follow us on the Peristyle Podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. That does help to grow the show and any of the podcasting apps you use, Spotify, if you can leave a five-star rating, that definitely helps us and we appreciate that. We also appreciate our sponsor, Trader Joe's. I've been making a bunch of Trader Joe's runs Lately, I took a, a fishing trip over the weekend uh, down in New Mexico. Caught some bluefin to it. It was great, but I needed a bunch of snacks. I went over to Trader Joe's. Now, this one snack I didn't grab, and I just saw this on the Trader Joe's website. I don't even think this is fair. I shouldn't talk about it. Peanut, bu- peanut butter caramel-coated popcorn. So it's popcorn, which is great. And you have two different coatings on it. Not just peanut butter, but also caramel. So come on. Like, that's just, that's not fair. I'm a sweet tooth guy. It's only three forty nine. For a six ounce bag, of course I got to go buy this next time I go in there. Um, but you know, I'm just I'm trying to avoid <laughs> the sweets. They show uh, putting a bunch of it on uh, some vanilla ice cream in the uh, in the ad. It's uh, it's really good. So man, now I got to try this. Uh, Trader Joe's a little upset because it looks too good <laughs> to pass up. I'm trying to avoid some of the sweets, but 
I am not going to be able to uh, avoid that one. But thanks again to Trader Joe's. Uh, they've been great stocking me up for all my different little trips and everything of what's going on. Okay, so we got to talk about the breaking news. I'll do it kind of briefly as far as the uh, the Brandon uh, Sosna stuff. So I actually did a, a little video um, summary, I guess you could say, of w- what my thoughts were on Brandon uh, leaving and, you know, taking a job, you know, in the NFL. So he's going to become the senior director of football administration for the Detroit Lions. His uh, old mentor, John Dorsey, is a senior executive with the Lions. And so he's reuniting with him. Uh, Pete Thamel was the first to break it. You know, I was able to confirm it through USC. Mike Bone told me about it. So, you know, confirmed when I talked to Mike Bone about it. And uh, you can hear Mike Bone's reaction to that a little bit later on the show. Uh, high praise for Brandon said he was, you know, 150% put his heart and soul into the job. And he's, uh, you know, he's happy for Brandon, but he's sad for USC uh, losing such a, a great uh, worker and, and someone that was just did such a good job for USC. I think they said, the thing I said on my video was he just made things better. Everything he did around USC, he made things a lot better. And uh, we wish, definitely wish him the best of luck. He's been a friend to the show. Uh, you know, consider him a friend and I'll definitely be following his career, uh, at Detroit, uh, with the lions. So, uh, really happy for him and we'll see what direction, um, you know, Mike Bone and USC go from here, how they're going to replace him. I mean, he's the main guy that Mike Bone brought over, uh, from Cincinnati. And, you know, some of the, the big work is done, obviously, you know, making the hire, you got the hire of, um, Lincoln Riley in there, but there's still a lot of work, uh, to be done. So, um, just want to give a little shout out to Brandon cause he's been really kind to us and, uh, really happy for him. And I'm sure he's going to be an F- NFL GM someday, but make sure you stay tuned a little bit later on the show. We're going to talk to, um, you know, Mike bone, like I mentioned, and my, I asked Mike, you know, about losing Brandon and he, he gives his thoughts on that. So, uh, that'll be an interesting one. One thing you should check out over on uscfootball.com, Lincoln Riley did a sit-down with uh, Dennis Dodd, who's part of our CBS family. Uh, Really long interview, like 13 13 minutes or so. So make sure you go over to uscfootball.com and uh, check that out. If you're not a subscriber, this is a free story, but if you're not a subscriber, you can subscribe for a dollar. No-brainer. You want to go in there and check it out. There's a ton of recruiting stuff going on. USC has a camp this weekend I'll be at, Gerard will be at, and everything. If you listen to the... Two Star Recruiting Podcast. You can tell all of the uh, the recruiting stuff that's going on around the program. So make sure you check all of that out. And uh, yeah, that's just there's a ton of stuff going on. If you're not a subscriber, go over there and subscribe. It's definitely worth the money. Like I said, only a dollar for the first month. Like you cannot go wrong with that. Uh, we also want to talk about the Hall of Fame. So the National Football Foundation and College Hall of Fame announced this week. Uh, the ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame 2023 ballot. 80 players and nine coaches from FBS, and then 96 players and 33 coaches from the division ranks. Uh, three Trojans are on the ballot uh, for 2023. So Mark Carrier, you might remember him. Uh, you know, he won the Jim Thorpe Award, so uh, best defensive back uh, in the nation. And he was there, uh, that was in 1989. It was my freshman year. At USC, he led the Pac-10 in interceptions in '89. Back then, Reggie Bush, someone I'm sure you heard of, uh, so couple-time national championship winner, won the Doak Walker Award, Heisman, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so he's on the ballot. 
And then uh, Jeff Briegel was an offensive guard, uh, two-time consensus first-team All-American, uh, and he was a 1986 NFF National Scholar athlete, two-time first-team All-Pac-10 selection, and he uh, led USC to a Rose Bowl victory uh, the 1984 season when they won the Pac-10 back then, and he was the 1985 Morris Trophy Award winner for the Pac-12's most outstanding offensive lineman. So congrats to all the Trojans that are on the ballot for the Hall of Fame. And uh, just want to mention those guys, and uh, we'll see. They, I think they're voting later on this month, and we'll find out later on uh, if any of them or all of them uh, are going to make it into the college football Hall of Fame. All right. Uh, we also actually asked for some questions on Twitter uh, to do a mailbag episode, but since uh, Chris isn't around, uh, we weren't able to record that mailbag episode, but I wanted to kind of go through some of these, and I haven't really read through them, so I'll just kind of scan through them pretty quickly and uh, and give you some quick thoughts before we get into, take a little break and get into the Mike Bone interview. Uh, Justin Davidson on Twitter says, it sounds like there's more accountability within the program, which was a big concern over the past few years. Uh, will we see more accountability with the team, less penalties throughout the season? And what will be the standard benchmark to see if that's true? Uh, I mean, it's a good question. Definitely accountability is a buzzword that's come up many, many, many times in all of our interviews, coaches, players, everybody. So I think that's, it's fair to say that that's not something that, Hey, uh, that they were told, Hey, go talk about accountability. I think it's something that's been stressed. So yes. Does that mean there'll be fewer penalties? I'm guessing so, but you know, it's, it's hard to say you can work on, uh, you know, something like work on your hands over and over and over again. You're like, Oh, you're going to catch the ball better. And you might not, I don't know. I mean, but I think they've worked on accountability and part of that's going to be more discipline. And I think the thought's going to be fewer penalties. I think the thoughts are if you're someone that's going to be a repeat offender, as far as penalty goes, you're going to probably see more bench time than maybe you did in the past. So there's a motivating factor there. What's the standard? I think just to see if you get fewer penalties, it's pretty, you know, I think that's something you can see. It's like, you kind of know, it, you know, it. like, are there going to be fewer penalties? Are you getting 13 penalties in a game or anything like that against Arizona? I forget what that was. Was it 16? There was a lot in that game. Uh, no. Okay. Well then I think, you know, you, I think the penalty situation will be improved. And you can obviously look at the overall numbers uh, and see as well. Uh, we have a question from Coop uh, attendance for the rice game, 50,000. Hoping the 3 p.m. start time brings that number up. Uh, Coop, I think you're going to get north of that. Um, you know, Mike Bone talks about some of the, you know, you know, getting the fan engagement going, and he really wants to see the Coliseum rock, and you talk to Pete Carroll about it. And, what you know, getting the Coliseum full was a big deal. That's something I think uh, they're going to focus on. And, yeah, I, I think you're going to see – there's going to be a lot of excitement around it. We got to – you know, like 30,000 people at the spring game. I think you're going to see more than 50,000 uh, for Rice. You know, for a 3 p.m. kickoff, I don't think it's a bad time either for tailgating as well. RX Docta on Twitter. Is our defensive line as bad as people say? That it will cost us four or five wins? Sorry, I just don't see it. I don't either. Uh, I mean, I think you're going to see, you know, Brandon Peely come in. I know he's big, but he can move. And I think that he'll fit with what Alex Grinch uh, wants to do. I think you're going to see a Corey Foreman that's uh, going to be more of a major contributor coming in there. Uh, Ramella Height transferring in. Um, they got a bunch of guys, you know, new players. Uh, I feel like it's, you know, there's not like proven studs everywhere, but there's a lot of potential there. And I think 
There's more depth than what we thought from before. Yeah, I don't think it's going to cost USC four or five wins. I like you know I I think USC is going to be like a nine and three team, um, and yeah, I feel like that's that's a, a fair assessment there. David of Troy five says NIL. I keep hearing about USC being late to the NIL party. Is this real, or more of what's you or more of what USC wants others to think? With Coach Day stating that they need thirteen million per year, do you believe USC will need to, will be able to quote legally compete? Um, yeah, I do feel like USC sort of, I don't know if you want to say late to the NAL party, but that's not been a super priority. Like if you look at some of the teams that have really uh, boosted their recruiting classes, you know, for Texas A&M would getting, you know, really good classes, but to get the number one overall class of all time, what's changed? Yeah. Okay. NIL stuff. Uh, Tennessee to turn things around as quickly as they did, you know, NIL stuff. Uh, Louisville doing some crazy stuff uh, out there. Like if you're seeing a team that's just going from, oh, they're kind of mediocre to, wow, they're great now. I think NIL is a big part of that. But there's teams like even Alabama wasn't isn't big into NIL. USC, when they're rolling, they don't need to be big into that. Now, that's at least for right now. Um, they just sort of stand on their own on the West Coast. If they're good, if there's excitement about USC, then they're going to be, you know, they're going to get a lot of those top players. Now you're going to lose some. They've lost some already. Josh Connor, like a guy like Josh Connerly, not having like a big NIL deal in place. And that seems like what was a big part of it. Um, and this might not be sustainable forever, like USC keeping, you know, doing the things that they normally do. But I would say they were not like a, an early adopter for sure. Uh, I don't know where they stand right now. There could be some kind of collective announced. Um, but, you know, the NCAA is still trying to do their thing. I don't think they have a whole lot of teeth as far as stopping NIL. But um, yeah. Uh, I, I would say late to the party, probably fair. They're kind of slower adopting, I'd say, with probably, um, you know, that that's probably a fair assessment over there. Uh, let's see. We got uh, El Chicano, who will start opposite of uh, Kalen Bullock at safety. Um, I think you could see a guy like Xavion Alford uh, coming in there and, and being a factor uh, I think Max Williams is probably going to be more of a, a nickel guy, but they're going to you know move guys around. But I like uh, Latrell McCutcheon too. Um, so I think they got some some good options there, and uh, I think those are the guys you're going to see. Uh, Zach Stewart. Oh, that was from Raw. I'm sorry, that was from uh, yeah El Chicano. Uh, Zach Stewart five on Twitter. Uh, what stats do you see Caleb Williams putting up this year? I think some pretty big stats. I mean, he didn't. He had good stats last year. And didn't uh, start the whole season. He should start, but I mean, the whole season here, if he stays healthy, but I think you're going to see a lot of Miller Moss because they're going to have some big leads in games, which is going to be a big difference from what we've seen in the past. Um, You know, you're going to see some good rushing numbers, I believe. Uh, Some run, you know, you're adding that total touchdown number by, you know, scrambling in from 10 yards out for a bunch of TDs. That's going to help too. So I'm not going to put like a number on on what I think, but I think you're going to see, you know, fairly high completion percentage. A uh, bunch of yards, a uh, bunch of touchdowns, rushing yards too, rushing touchdowns. So uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I think you're looking forward to that. Uh, Eric, uh, Eighth Wonder Eric says, what kind of future renovations can we expect? Uh, there were rumblings of a lot of focus going into revamping the facilities to be on par with top programs in the nation when Riley was hired. I asked Mike Bone about this so you can get his answer. I would say he, he didn't come out and give you the the blueprint for what the new football facility is going to be. Sort of, um, my take would be they're still in the you know figuring a lot of that stuff out. So he wasn't giving any away any kind of like 
details of that, but I did ask her about that. So you can listen to what he had to say. Uh, Shane Sullivan, what's the ceiling for the team this year? I mean, this is <laughs> the team's completely different. Reworked roster, reworked coaching staff. I think nine and three, like I've said, is is probably where they're going to land. But if they won 10 or 11 games, would I be shocked? I mean, I wouldn't be super shocked. A lot of stuff would just have to go right. And uh, that's tough, you know, when when so many new moving pieces. But uh, I would say that's probably the ceiling, like an 11 and one kind of team, um, which would be pretty amazing. Uh, a huge turnaround. So uh, over under USC preseason ranking nine and a half in the 9.5 in the AP poll. Uh, I think I'll go under on this. I think they're going to be like 10, 11, something like that. That's where I'm going to guess. And I think that's a fair, uh, a fair assessment um, of where they could be. So uh, let's see. Which player do you think, this is from Alton Catchfire. Uh, which player do you think will be the most electrifying and why is the answer Ray Lake Brown? Um, he definitely could be, but I mean, you could see someone on the defensive side being electric as far as like getting after the pass you know, the, the, the quarterback a little bit. Um, I think there's a lot of options. I mean, you got Jordan Addison. I mean, how electric could he be? It could be Caleb Williams. Uh, I just don't know the role Rayleigh Brown's going to play. Um, you know, is he going to do a lot of slot stuff? If he does, I think if they just kind of use him for in that kind of fun role, that's electricity right there. So um, I think, uh, I think he's, he's probably a good um you know, I, I think that would be a good uh, a good guess. I think Rayleigh Brown would be a good one. And then one last one. Uh, this is from A525 Jason. Can you tell Ryan that he, he should stop saying, play the Death Star music? Does he know what happens to the Death Star? And I'll play it for you. That blast came from the Death Star. That thing's operational. Let the hate flow through you. So it's not necessarily about like, hey, this USC is going to end up like the Death Star is what I'm talking about. It's really just this is a, a presence in the galaxy that gets everyone's attention. USC didn't have any anyone's attention before. Uh, they were just sort of getting rolled over. No one feared USC. That's when USC is the best, when you're like, oh, crap, USC. Like maybe – Everything can fall in place and they can have an off day and we can beat them. Like that's the kind of stuff. And then if you do beat USC, you upset them. Everyone goes crazy. Um, that's sort of what you want. Not like, oh, Oregon State just runs all over USC or a three and nine Stanford team uh, beats the Trojans to a pulp or a UCLA team puts up over 60. That's not getting people's attention for the right reasons. So if USC is the Death Star, if USC is this feared entity, they are the empire. They are the, everyone does not like, oh man, here comes Darth Vader. Here comes everybody. Uh, hopefully we can scrounge our way out uh, and save our lives and escape or whatever it is. That's what you want. Um, you're not talking about the end result. Yes, the, the, you know, the Death Star gets blown up, what, 50 times in, the, in Star Wars. Um, but you want to be feared as a Trojan football team. And if you are, that's, that's a good sign. And if you know my co my you know co-host David Woods of the Podcast of Champions is just you know just sighing after USC gets another you know top name from the transfer portal, that means they have your attention. Are they are they worried? Yes. And I think if you want your opponents to be worried, um, the Death Star music is is fitting, and it's just 
you know, did you think the Death Star was operational? No. And USC hires Lincoln Riley, and now it is. And now you got everyone's attention. So I think that's where uh, I would go with that. Yes, I know what happens to the Death Star. I'm a big Star Wars fan. I know what's going on. I haven't watched the uh, Obi-Wan stuff yet. I haven't heard great things, but I definitely want to um, I definitely want to check that out. So, uh, all right. Well, I think that's going to, um, I think that's going to wrap up what I had to say and the questions and everything that you guys sent in. So thank you for that again. Sorry. We didn't have our regular, uh, podcast, but we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and I'll play for you in the entirety, the 20 minute interview, uh, that I sat down with USC athletic director, Mike Bone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to a very special edition of Tunnel Vision. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham, joined along by USC Athletic Director, Mike Bode. Mike, thank, I know it's a busy time. Thanks so much for, for coming on and spending a few minutes with us. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. It's always a pleasure to be with you and talk about things that we uh, both care a great deal about. For sure. You know, just to let everyone know, uh, you come out, you come along in 2019. And I've seen, you know, I remember the first time I met you at the basketball game, you had me sit beside you courtside. Every person I've talked to that has interactions with you, everything has been really positive. I just wanted to kind of pass that along, let people know. It's just, if you get a chance to talk, if you know, come up and talk to you, you're very approachable. And uh, I just want to say, like, it's, I think it's made a big difference around the program. Just seem, the people that I've talked to you that interacted with you have just been positive as far as the experience goes. Well, that's kind of you to say, Ryan. I, I love what I do. I love people. Uh, the Trojan family has been incredibly welcoming to me in, in so many ways and, and my wife. And uh, and uh, it's just been uh, a wonderful journey so far. We've got a lot to, to do, but uh, we're very excited about the trajectory of where we're going and the energy and the passion and the momentum and, you know, so many great things happening across campus. And uh, it, it's just a very exciting time to to be a part of this certainly is i know the fans are excited we see them all the time on our message boards i'm sure your interaction has been different and i wanted to acknowledge something too back in march i'll read the you know since usc, USC athletic director mike bone was named the 2021 2022 football bowl subdivision athletic director of the year by the national association of collegiate directors of athletics the nacda so you were usc's first ever honoree. So I just wanted to con pass along the congratulations for that one as well. Well, thank you, Ryan. As you know, anytime uh, someone in an organization is given an award, it's a reflection of the entire team and so many people that do great things here. And uh, I'm proud of that. And uh, anytime your peers recognize you, it, me it means a lot to you. But uh, again, I'm thankful to be on a team of people that uh, are just working so hard to build a program that uh, can make all of our Trojans proud and uh, one that we can all be very, very excited about. One of the things we got to address first, there was breaking news this morning. Uh, your your right-hand man, uh, Brandon Sosna, who interviewed, I guess, with the Lions about a year ago, uh, going to take a, 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 front, a front office position there with the Lions. I, I, I don't know if you got to react to this on social media or anything, but I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts. Uh, you know, Brandon, I know you said he was the architect of the, 
the Lincoln Riley hire, which brought so much kind of joy to the USC fan base. Uh, any thoughts on uh, on Brandon and him moving on? Well, first of all, I'm really excited for Brandon. I'm sad for us, but uh, I think anytime you work with somebody that you have so much respect for, you want them to be happy and be able to achieve the, the real goals that they have. And uh, his work ethic, passion, vision, determination, uh, the way he conducts himself each and every day. He's a joy to be around. He's really touched a lot of people here. Obviously, is the aura, the uh, really the strategist behind uh, our coaching search, which brought which brought us Lincoln Raleigh to so many other things. I could go on and on and on. When uh, when you have a partner and somebody that is is so bright and and really a treat to enjoy working with each and every day. It, it's, it'll be a, an adjustment without him, but uh, I'm so thankful of the things that he did to help us. His, uh, uh, again, his vision, his leadership, his intellect. He, he's amongst the top sports minds in America, and uh, he's going to do well no matter where he is, but uh, I'm just proud that while he was here, he was able to establish his brand and re really utilize the USC opportunity to learn, to grow, and develop. And uh, Obviously, somebody recognized the ability to open up some doors in the NFL, which I know is a, is a, a big, big piece of part of uh, his future and uh, really where he wants to be in that space. But uh, he gave us 150% of his heart and soul the whole time he was here, uh, one of our hardest workers in the department. And uh, I'm just so excited about his bright future and excited about what he left behind to help us continue to work on. Yeah, future NFL GM, I'm sure, uh, really sharp, sharp guy. And I know everyone that's interacted with him as well has had positive uh, feedback. You, you mentioned the, you know, the Lincoln Riley stuff. I mean, it's been a little over six months. Um, I mean, it was a huge splash. You know, the, I'll put the picture up where you guys signed him at the Coliseum. It was just, you know, the, the media was there. It was just this big celebration. And I just, it seemed like the whole fan base kind of changed and turned at that point. What has it been like this first six months, kind of like looking back, uh, the, on this Lincoln Riley hire, I think when you look back, it was really the the launch of uh, a, a convalescence, if you will, with our fan base. And and as you know, we had a schism uh, amongst our base and so many. And and it's just been an, a wonderful rallying point of bringing people together. And uh, my hats off to Lincoln, the way he built an incredible staff, his recruiting, his uh, professionalism, his humility. Lincoln Riley is a real joy to be around each and every day. And uh, we're lucky, thrilled, and honored to have him as our head coach and, and a leader in the department. And the way he's embraced this community and uh, along with his family is just so impressive and fun to watch. And uh, we just couldn't be more excited about our bright, bright future with, with Lincoln and his staff and the, the way that he runs his program and again from recruiting to relationships with players all those different things it's just such a wonderful piece to be a part of we uh i mean just my interaction with fans on uscfootball.com it's just been it's changed a lot people are excited i think they feel like the athletic department cares about the football program when you go out and even attempting to make a hire like that not just like you know landing the, the biggest fish out there what is the interaction with the alumni the, the you know the fans uh, the boosters and everything since that hire came along with you and, and your staff? Well, I mentioned it earlier. I think that when you think about successful programs that are competing for national championships, you have to talk about intensity of interest. Well, what does that mean? That's from the casual fan that, 
that comes to games and, and wears their gear in the community to the season ticket holder, to the major donor, to the corporate sponsor, to the students, to the marching band. It's everybody that has a commitment to recognize that, hey, we want to compete against the best and the brightest, and we want to compete at the, on the biggest stage. And uh, when you can have a, an alignment with all those different constituents all pushing in the same direction, it's powerful. And I think that's why our recruits feel that. I know that uh, our coaches feel that. And now we've got to continue to do everything we can to deliver a game day experience for our players, our fans, the media, television networks, all those entities that are so important to be able to know that, hey, yeah, you're a part of something special here. And when uh, when Traveler hits and those uh, lights go off as when, when it's a night game and we let everybody know the Trojans are coming out, it's special. And uh, again, uh, my hat's off to Lincoln for energizing the base the way that he has, but uh, everybody has a role and everybody has a role in trying to ensure that the intensity of interest is high. And uh, I'm looking forward to that opener against Rice. Uh, my expectations are we're going to do everything we can to fill the Coliseum. I know that's a lofty order, but that's our expectation. And uh, I think back to my early conversations with Pete Carroll when I arrived here and talked about what he was so proud of and excited about. He was most proud and excited about the fact that the Coliseum was full when the Trojans came in there. And uh, that's the type of electricity and fun and excitement we want our fans to experience each and every game. And obviously, it means a lot to us, obviously, recruiting, the way our young men will compete, everything that, that is tied to that. You uh, took over, obviously, some challenging times. I mean, with, no one expected COVID, everything that was going on with coaches, the fans and everything, and you kind of, you know, come through that, but college football's changing daily. I mean, the NIL stuff, everything is kind of, there's a lot going on, the media rights deals. Um, I know it's a big one coming up for the, for the Pac-12, and it sounds like you guys are going to be a bigger player and all that. What, how involved do you think you, your office is going to be in this new media rights deal? And I mean, it just seems to be, things are changing all the time. The Big Ten can sign a big one. There, there's a lot going on in that world. Well, there is a lot going on in intercollegiate athletics. We have new leadership in the NCAA with Mark Emmert stepping down. We have the restructuring of, of divisions, as you will, and, and what they're looking at there. We have, uh, obviously, the uh, evaluation of how name, image, and likeness is, is enforced and, and put together. Obviously, that's a critical piece. But uh, just how the entire rule book and, and the uh, entire operation uh, works from scholarships to uh, all the different rules. It's just extremely fluid right now. And uh, the good news is we have an extremely um, passionate and informed president that fully understands intercollegiate athletics. And she's very, very involved. And uh, I'm obviously involved in the athletic director's room. I'll be the chair of the PAC-12 conference as the AD group on uh, July 1st. And then uh, having the ability to be the co-chair of our gender equity review in the Pac-12 conference recently this spring, we're, we're leaning in in every way we can to try and help understand the direction of where we're going as a, as a business, if you will, as an enterprise, as an organization, as a, uh, a group of uh, programs that are doing everything we can to create an environment that uh, is sustainable. And... Uh, I said a lot there, but I think it's very, very complex. I think people just need to understand that USC is doing everything we can from the athletic director's chair, the faculty athletic rep, 
Chair Alan Green does a great job. Joyce Bell Limbrick, our senior woman administrator, in uh, with that operation uh, of of how all those sports championships work and so forth is critical. So we we are all in on trying to do everything we can to elevate the uh, sustainability, the functionality, the uh, common sense approach, if you will, of intercollegiate athletics continues to move forward. You mentioned the common sense approach. Uh, I, th I felt like there's some parallels between the USC change of you know leadership when they brought you in and, and Brandon and then uh, the Pac-12 bringing in George Klyovkov. I put a picture of him up earlier. I mean, how's your relationship been with him? It seems like you guys have there's kind of similar paths as far as like big things you needed to change around and, and fix kind of in your first, you know, year or so and off in uh, in your jobs. Well, George has really been terrific. He's been on campus numerous times and uh, he's really, uh, really jumped in with both feet in every way, shape and form. He's a tremendous listener. He's got a great vision. He's done a wonderful job of uh, really building relationships quickly. And I enjoy working with George. He's a lot of fun. Uh, but yet he also understands that this is a critical time in the history of intercollegiate athletics. It has never been more turbulent than it is right now. And uh, having a partner in someone like George to lean on, to uh, brainstorm with, to work on different initiatives is uh, really an enjoyable part of what I do. The uh, One of the things that came up when Lincoln Riley was hired was uh, facilities, football facilities. We get that question a lot. And I don't know if you can say anything or any thoughts on uh, potential or planned upgrades for USC's football facilities. Well, we're working on facilities for all of our sports. And uh, one of the facilities I'm most excited about is uh, this March, we'll break ground on the uh, uh, new soccer stadium okay. for our women's soccer team and our women's uh, lacrosse team. And that is going to be phenomenal. And I'm really looking forward to that. But we also recognize that uh, – Intercollegiate athletics has changed. Even within the last 10 years when the John McKay Center was built or 12 years ago. And, and uh, what does that mean? More numbers, more different types of treatment, more food, more uh, uh, needs for academic support, uh, for all those pieces, mental health, all those spaces that we need to really ensure that our student athletes are supported with our vision, which is to be the most student athlete centered program in the country. So we're gonna continue to make investments and how do we do that? Intensity of interest, fan base, season ticket sales, donations, sponsorships, it all funnels into that uh, model financially to help us be able to put things like that together. So that's why uh, really having that sense of, of uh, Trojan family that is united and excited and energized is, uh, is so exciting for us. The uh, mentioned the other sports, USC basketball team, Andy Enfield, they've had a lot of success uh, recently. He gets a contract extension. Any thoughts on uh, how the, the basketball program has been lately? Well, Andy's obviously doing a wonderful job there, and I think it's reflective. And Boogie Ellis coming back after considering putting his name into the NBA draft, and obviously Drew Peterson coming back as well, and the incoming freshmen and, and – uh, you know, the returning players that he has coming back. I'm excited uh, for what Andy's doing. And I'm excited about what's going on in women's basketball and how they are really working hard to both of them to ensure that they have uh, a roster that represents the, day, the style of play that they want to play and be able to do the things they do to pr put a product out there that's entertaining that people want to be a part of watching. And uh, again, I think back to the big wins that, that Andy has had. When What happened? What was consistent around that? Great student body energy. 
Obviously, our band's terrific. Our fans were there. It was sold out. And it gives us an opportunity to compete. And uh, I think that's going to be really important for us. I'm going to continue talking about it every time I get an opportunity, Ryan, because it's about intensity of interest from our base that fuels us emotionally, physically, financially, uh, that sense of enjoyment, that sense of fun. That is the Trojan family that that is, is our secret sauce, if you will. And, uh, you know, I think the Trojans, when I talk to them and I've been out a lot trying to see them, and, and now that COVID is over, if you will, in the sense of being able to get out and, and visit with people and talk about why it's so important for them. And you know what they talk about back to me? They say, Mike, that's what we love. We love being around other Trojans and Trojans and tailgating and the game day excitement and looking up to those games and thinking about what we're doing and road trips and all those things. So it's a it's a fun time to see that I all kind of begin to ramp up and, and that energy and excitement level be very, very high. Uh, another team, you know, no one's had more collegiate baseball success than the USC Trojans. Obviously not been as, you know, as great lately. Uh, you make a change there. Kind of talk about maybe the thought process behind that, what you're looking for. And can, if, does, does USC need the baseball model to change where more scholarships are available to be able to compete or I mean, any thoughts on all that? Because just, there's a lot of fans out there that really want to see this baseball team uh, be successful. Well, I think that if they want our baseball team to be successful, then they need to continue to do what they do, showing support, showing up for games, doing all the different things to help us. I'm really thankful for Coach Gill for his three years of service to our university and our baseball program, which helped us. And uh, again, our, our tradition and our success is unrivaled in baseball. I know that. I played college baseball. I love baseball. My mom was the first female state administrator west of the Mississippi for Little League Baseball. I grew up with baseball. It's a big part of uh, uh, of me and, and clearly the history at USC here. So uh, I want to do everything I can to ensure that we're supported there. And uh, we've got to work on some facility upgrades. We've got to find, obviously, the right leader. We've got to continue to support our young men and all the different challenges that they face in, in baseball, which is unique to some other sports here. But uh, again, we we recognize the national championships and and that level here for USC baseball is something we're trying to emulate. The uh, I get this a lot. Um, you know, we see women's softball is very popular. I think I remember asking like Pat Hayden this back, you know, years and years ago. Just is there a is there a path that USC could eventually field a, a women's softball team? Well, right now we're going to do everything we can to support the 21 sports that we have and. Uh, I'm thrilled about our recent upgrade we put together with our track facility and what that's meant to us. And, and uh, you know, Quincy Watts and his staff are just doing a phenomenal job with one of the top-ranked recruiting classes coming in. And that's an example of uh, when student-athletes see a commitment and incredible facilities and tradition and history and great weather and great academics and a great institution and a phenomenal community to live in, that's the formula, and we just want to make sure we don't miss in any of those areas so that those elite student-athletes want to come here and play, whether it's baseball, beach, volleyball, uh, you name it, and, and putting it together. That's why I think the new stadium for soccer and women's lacrosse is so exciting. We're working on projects associated with our boat ho boathouse around the, the crew program. Uh, you know, John Kolich just recently helped us build a brand-new throw facility for track and field that we've never really had for our athletes to be able to throw and practice. And it's phenomenal. And uh, it's those type of projects and efforts and leadership that allows us to boast of 
of our commitment to be the most student-athlete-centered. And that's why recruits want to come here and be a part of it. So it's a high bar. The, the facilities race is a real one. But uh, that's why each and every Trojan really plays a role in our ability to pull those together. Well, Mike, I really appreciate the time. I know we talked, you know, doing a 20-minute thing, and it's just got a lot of topics in there, and I appreciate all the the insight. It was great to see. I got to see you uh, out at the Tour de Pier in Manhattan Beach uh, a month yeah, or so. Yeah, wasn't that a fun event? What a great event that uh, – uh, John Hirschberg does and, and so many volunteers there that just do a wonderful job for a wonderful cause. And we are proud to be a part of it. I enjoyed uh, having seen Andy out there riding, Andy Enfield riding around doing a good job with it. And uh, it's it's just another example of why we want to be a, 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 an active part in the community in every way, shape and form and give back because uh, we're all connected and we all want to do the right things and build a program we can be, all be proud of. All right. Well, again, thank you for your time. I know it's a crazy busy day with you know making some changes on your staff, but best of luck to you filling up, you know, filling in that role and everything else. So thanks and well, thanks again for the time. No, absolutely. Anytime. I appreciate you and fight on. Thanks, Mike. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. That's Mike Bone, USC Athletic Director. We will talk to you guys next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique interesting and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.